Ladies and gentlemen, the Elimination Chamber was the final tourist trap on the highway to WrestleMania. The pedal is to the metal, and we're going full speed to Tampa. But the coronavirus has thrown up some major roadblocks. I'm Chris the Heat Matthews. He's Garrett G. Money Mon, and this is episode 33 of the Outlandish WrestleGeddon Podcast. Oh, yeah! New What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad, is it my turn yet? It's only been ten minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my god! Hey yo! So coronavirus is killing everything, shutting shit down left and right. Got no no NBA season. NCAA is done. NHL's done. MLS is done. They've postponed like all the upcoming golf events, which you know everyone watches that anyway. Uh, MLB has been pushed back for two weeks, so a lot of fun stuff. But you know what still hasn't been canceled? WrestleMania. WrestleMania, baby. Vince is holding out like there is no tomorrow. But on the opposite side of that, um, pretty much all the weekend live events have been canceled by pretty much every major company. So it's uh, it's, getting, it's getting pretty serious out there. It so. is indeed. So um, on that note, be sure to follow us on Instagram at WrestleGettingPod with two Ds. Twitter at WrestleGettingPod with one D. And that is because... Twitter can't handle two Ds. And also like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash WrestleGannonPod to stay up to date on all the happenings with the show. Um, you can also email any questions, comments, concerns, hate mail uh, to askrustlegannon at gmail.com. Uh, you can also DM us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as well. And all that other fun stuff. So, Alright, so let's break it into the news. we got a lot to cover this week and... Oh, baby, it's, it's, uh, yeah. So here we go. The news. Well, hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number, what's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing one 945 All right, so WWE has issued statements on... Uh, the happenings for WrestleMania, um, they had gone on record by s- saying that while we remain committed to hosting WrestleMania at Raymond Jones Stadium on Sunday, April 5th, we are put- putting contingency plans in place in the event that it is canceled by government officials, civil authorities, and or local venues. Uh, WWE told this to WrestleZone.com in a statement. Uh, they went on to say as well, the health and safety of our fans, performers, and employees are our top priorities. We're monitoring the situation closely with our partners and government officials in Tampa Bay. Um, So, contingency plan. Instead of outright canceling, it's possible that WWE moves the event from April 5th to a later month. Um, According to Talk Sports' Alex McCarthy, one of the contingency plans is to move the show to either June or July. So, what do you think about that? I mean... That's what they have to do. I mean, that's what they have to do. I mean, last I heard, uh, Florida's given WWE the go-ahead to do what they want. So I, I think it's up to WWE. I don't really know that it's up to the people in Florida. I know, I mean, I, I know do. they're 
in the state of flux like every other state in the country is, but I think it's more of what Vince wants to do with it, I guess. It's going to come down. I think it's going to be more of his decision than anybody's decision, so we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I don't... I kind of see a little of both sides out of it. I mean, I get that you want the safety and stuff, and like I get that you want to push it back or whatever, but... uh as we were talking about uh, a lot of a lot of places, especially like hotels, uh, food arrangements, all that stuff, make a lot of their money off of wherever it's gonna be. So to push it back kind of gives them uh, a way to not have it where they usually would, kind of in a sense. So it's kind of pushing back sales for other places that are down there, and uh, yeah. Now, the biggest thing with this, if they do end up canceling it, um, it's going to take a major hit to the local, like we said, the local businesses and stuff in the Tampa area. Uh, where the major businesses, you know, your big box retail stores and, you know, your um, franchise restaurants, things like that, probably won't see as much of a hit as like your mom and pop pizza joint or, you know, the local bar uh, where patrons generally would show up to go to during WrestleMania weekend. Um, and you think of all the other events that happened during WrestleMania weekend, like ROH and Evolve and like all the other major wrestle companies, WrestleCon, like all this stuff going on at that same time and how much money it brings into that city. But at the end of the day, performer safety, staff safety, fan safety, and health is top priority. Agreed. But um, it's going to be one of those things where if they do push it back, the downside to that is we have all these storylines already built up, you know, with the culmination of in less than a month, we'll finally see, we see Edge get his hands on Randy Orton, which, you know, kind of teased a little bit this past Monday on Raw. But we're already at that breaking point for the storyline for that. But it does give us longer time to build up matches say like John Cena and the Fiend which we haven't really had that much time to build with and you know some of the other stuff that's announced for the card that hasn't had that much time to build up like you know the rumored women's tag team championship match which was supposed to be Beth Phoenix and Natalia taking on uh, the Kabuki Warriors there hasn't been any type of mention about that at all um, and if that actually was part of the show like when's it going to happen when's the build going to start that's that's the problem with that um, yeah, I mean, the other thing I would say, too, um, we are recording on Friday instead of Thursday, um, and we'll, we'll get into SmackDown this week, too. Um, they did do a little bit of that this week, so we'll get into that, too. Yeah, so, um, like that, like we said, like all live events have been canceled for this weekend for WWE and NXT. Um, AEW has also released a statement earlier today confirming that next week's Dynamite, um, which was supposed to be coming from Rochester, New York, the Blood and Guts edition, um, won't be going as planned due to measures taken by the state of New York to control the coronavirus outbreak. The show itself will still go on and will emanate from Jacksonville, Florida, um, while the company will push back the Rochester event to July 8th. So Rochester will still get AEW, but it will be later on this year in July. Um, we're still going to get blood and guts. We're still going to get the reveal of the exalted one um, from a smaller venue in Jacksonville, which is probably going to be that same arena that they've used before. 
Oh, if not, maybe something even smaller. So it'll be kind of interesting to see see how that, that goes. Um, Ring of Honor has also canceled all their Vegas pay-per-view and tapings uh, for this weekend. So, yeah, lots of happenings with this with this corona apocalypse going on. You know, I hope you're all stocked up on your toilet paper because apparently that's the thing you need. You don't need anything else. Just as long as you got toilet paper and hand sanitizer, you're golden. So, um, other news, unfortunate news. Uh, Scott Steiner was hospitalized um, last weekend. Uh, he passed out during tapings for Impact. Um, Atlanta was rushed to the ER. Uh, Tommy Dreamer and Scott Demore both provided updates that Big Papa Pump was in stable condition. Um, as a result, Steiner underwent a minor heart procedure. So, good vibes, positive vibes out in the universe with Scott Steiner for a speedy recovery. Um, ain't no better math teacher out there than Scott Steiner. I'll tell you that right now. Scott Steiner's the man. So, um, so that's the uh, kind of the depressing stuff out of the way. Let's. Um, this I'll, might be depressing too. Say honestly, no. I'll just so, say no. You haven't. You're not done yet. Yeah. Well, we got. Yeah. So apparently Gronk is close to a deal with WWE. Wait, um, yeah. He, he's not close. It's it's it, a done it's, deal. Yeah. Pretty much done. Um, it was reported on WWE backstage earlier this week. Um, Gronk will be on SmackDown next week to address his WWE future as. Announced by the overly hyped, lame-ass Mojo Raleigh tonight on SmackDown. So, yeah. So, yeah, be prepared. Um, Gronk is coming. Just, you know, hope he takes time to actually become a wrestler and not and be... Uh, learn shit. No. Be uh, Mojo who just... I'm a football player. Let me just run into you, just throw you around and have a stupid-ass finisher. Which the thing is, like, they put Zack Ryder with him to help him learn in the ring. And he didn't pick shit up at all from Ryder. Nope. Like, he still sucks. Yes, he does. At least Ryder's like a former Intercontinental Champion, a U.S. Champion, multi-time tag team champion. Think, what's Mojo Raleigh got? 24-7 title? That he lost to his friend like two weeks later. Fuck Mojo. Fuck Mojo. <laughs> so, okay, depressing shit out of the way. Finally, British Bulldog is confirmed for the 2020 class of the WWE Hall of Fame. Long time coming. You know, just when I had lost all faith in this uh, Hall of Fame, they put someone in there who actually deserves it. Actually. Oh, it's actually shaping. This is probably like the only shining star out of the entire Hall of Fame ceremony so far this year. Um, actually, no, JBL. I'll give JBL, too. But, yeah, I, I mean, guess. his in-ring career. In-ring, yeah. Especially yeah. towards the, the end there when he was you know the longest reigning world heavyweight champion on SmackDown. So, um, other than his, that... Him and his barbed wire steel cage matches with Big Show. <laughs> so, but yeah, so... That's going to round out the news. Pretty excited about the Bulldog going in. You know, amazing tag team wrestler with the Dynamite Kid. Of course, you know, cornerstone member of the Hart Foundation. Um, we can forget his WCW run and then his return to WWE where he wrestled in that um, dog pound match type thing. And he was like hardcore with like the jeans and the boots, like 
Yeah, we'll forget all that stuff. We'll just stick the early British Bulldog before leaving to go to WCW. Good stuff there. <laughs> let's get to round out the news and let's jump into the figure news with the points of articulation. These aren't dolls, and they're certainly not teddy bears. All right, I was hoping to uh, put together some cool music for this intro this week, but uh, still working on that. So you're going to get little snippets from toy commercials and going into this, so like you just heard. So deal with it. Uh, let's see, more Corona Apocalypse news. Um, it's been reported over the last week or so that WWE Elite 76, uh, which is in that set is John Cena, the uh, Dr. Thugonomics gear from WrestleMania 35, uh, Braun Strowman, the debut figures of Heavy Machinery and Lacey Evans, and the Brood Era Christian uh, will be delayed until mid-May. Um, WWE Basic Series 107 featuring Braun Strowman. The Rock, Shinsuke Nakamura, EC3, and the debut figure of Bianca Belair uh, is delayed until late April. Ringside Collectibles exclusive restock of The Undertaker as Kane is delayed until late May. Uh, Battle Pack 64, which features the Usos as well as Lita and Trish Stratus, um, restocks on those are uh, delayed until late May. So yeah, that's um, kind of a bit of a thing there, but... Plus side, it gives you time to catch up on um, what's hitting stores now. We're up to Elite 75 being spotted, um, both Walmart and Targets. Billy Kay, like we mentioned last week, is showing up in that set as well for both Walmart and Target. Two per case. Um, Elite 73 has been popping back up as well with um, Peyton Royce. Two per case. No. And Elite 74 is floating around out there as well with uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, which is still rumor. I think one per case on that one. So. Or is Peyton in 74? I can't remember, but Peyton Royce is showing up at Walmart and Target is, as a two per case. So. And so hopefully this is the end of the store exclusives. Um, it was okay. It was a pain in the ass trying to hunt for things. I still never found Sensational Sherry, which was the, the biggest one that I was looking for. Um, never found Gerald Briscoe. It's terrible. I got a Pat Patterson just sitting on the shelf with no Gerald Briscoe. My stooges are incomplete. So, let's well, see what you need though. <laughs> so you need to find him, and uh, you know, whenever you know that R Truth comes out with the uh, <laughs> the twenty four seven title, you got to reenact the moment it happened. <laughs> Oh, Lord. So, <laughs> all right. Um, now, there's something I want to touch on, if I could be serious for a moment. Um, like Lance Storm. I want to talk about return fraud and the effects of return fraud, uh, especially pertaining to figures. Uh, it's no secret... I've mentioned numerous times here, I am a team lead for Target. I am over toys, um, which is nice. One Probably one of the few stores in the nation. Target stores actually has a toy collector as the lead over their toy department, um, which I think is a huge benefit for uh, the store that we work in. Um, being more in tune with the collector community, what people are looking for, what to look for as far as swaps, um, 
fraudulent returns, things like that. Um, recently, we had four Elite 69 Mysterios returned. Uh, these are more than likely bought uh, during the price glitch at Walmart before Christmas, where they were all like $8. So, the biggest thing is, we never questioned why someone was returning four Elite 69 Rey Mysterios to begin with. Which I'm not even going to get into that. There's just this scumbag who decided, hey, let me go ahead and take these that I paid $8 for. That my intent was to resell them or trade them. And I couldn't do that. So four months later, let me go take them to a random store and just return them. Now here's the effects of doing this. It's going to increase our on-hand count in the store. And it's going to delay any type of new figures that we're going to get in. So... With our store already sitting on a crap ton of Seth Rollins figures, um, his shield gear, Seth Rollins, from I think it was like Elite 71 or 72, 71 or 70, Elite 70, somewhere around there. It's the same set with the uh, the Finn Balor and the uh, TakeOver London gear. So we're already sitting on a bunch of those. Next set we got in was a SummerSlam set. Still sitting on a few figures from that. Um, I've got a Nikki Bella on the shelf, just chilling. Like nobody freaking wants Nikki Bella or Brie Bella. So we're already looking at that. And now I got four Elite 69 Rey Mysterios just sitting there. They've been sitting there for a week. Nobody's buying Elite 69 Rey Mysterio. So that's going to prevent us from getting more stuff in. So if you're hitting up these stores, expecting to find Elite 75, Elite 74, uh, if you're on the hunt for that Peyton Royce and that Billy Kay or, you know, Cash's Ono, which has been popping up as well, and the Page exclusives, you're not going to find them with asshats like this returning these figures to stores just because they couldn't resell them or couldn't trade them for nothing. Because you're the idiot that bought a figure that nobody wanted to begin with, let alone four of them. So, don't be that scumbag that does this type of thing. Just ridiculous. I'm going to step down off my soapbox now. Fucking asshole. Fucking Captain Sweatpants looking motherfucker. Don't be an asshole. There's only one person that can be an asshole. That's Bishop. <laughs> no, the only asshole out there is Mr. <laughs> Anderson. He's the best asshole. Number one asshole. Anderson. Which, when's the last time he's been on TV? It's been a while since he's been on NWA. Yeah. Ever since uh, he uh, beat the shit out of Colt Cabana and made him jump ship to AEW. Uh, <laughs> and things have gone downhill. <laughs> Man, need some Anderson back on, some, on NWA. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> that is going to round out. Uh, the news and all that fun stuff. We're going to take a quick break and we'll return with the Get in the Ring segment. We're going to run down some SmackDown. I don't think we really need to talk about last week's SmackDown. Nope. I don't, what the hell happened. I don't know either. No. Um, but we'll touch on, we'll touch a little bit on this week's SmackDown. We had some highlights there since, you know, we are recording Friday night. So we, SmackDown is over. We're done. Um, we got Elimination Chamber. We got Raw. We got NWA, Circle Squared. Um, some announcements for the Crockett Cup participants. We have the first four teams announced for that. Lots of fun stuff. Stay tuned. We'll be back after a brief word from 
one of our sponsors. What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, we are back. So let's get in the ring. y'all and uh let's get into the elimination chamber results god some of that pay-per-view was horrible like we started off strong with daniel bryan and drew gulak like that match was phenomenal oh god one of the best matches on the card but i will say though hawkins and Ryder were on the pre-show they actually had a match on a pay-per-view it wasn't a complete squash match. It wasn't I will a complete admit. squash. I did actually watch it after you texted me that Hawkins and Ryder on there. I was like, shit, let me pull this up. So I was watching the network on my phone. I was like, yes. And they actually got some offense in. They were not squashed by the Viking Raiders. I was, in, I was so happy. Like, even though they still lost, but it wasn't a squash match. It was great. <laughs> but that, the one spot that they did where, um, was it Eric? Which was a bald one with a short beard. Eric, right? Ivar is the one with the long beard. Yes, I think yeah. so. Like, Ryder went to do, hit the Rough Rider, and he pretty much just, like, shot him over his head. And um, Ryder ended up hitting Hawkins with the Rough Rider instead, you know, which pretty much was the, the tail end of the match. But it was still a pretty good match. Like, Hawkins and Ryder still put on great matches. You know, they're great talent. They just don't get used outside of main event, which sucks. But um, I got off on a tangent there. So, Dan Bryan and Drew Gulak, pretty much what you would expect out of the two of these guys. Straight up technical masterpiece between the two of them. Hard hitting, great match. Um, then we move into the SmackDown Tag Team Championship Chamber match. I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of this, but like it really surprised me with how good this match was. I think that was the point, too, is, like, we were expecting a lot, so we whatever we were going to get, we were expecting worse, and we got better than we thought we were going to get. I'm telling you, Lince Dorado won Grand Metal League, but he hit some uh, pretty nice which high I, I'll admit, when I saw, which I know you said, I know you, so I know you said the same thing. All you thought about was, damn, I want a Grand Metal League figure with that fucking thing he wore to the <laughs> ring. Holy shit. Oh, I would man. buy a figure with that on. But the fucking Lince hitting that. Lince um, hitting that thing off the fucking top of the cage. Was it like a shoot? Like almost like a four fifty? Yeah, the cage? basically. Like dangling was, from the chamber. Yeah, it was. He was. They 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 did all the high flying stuff, and when they was over with, they fucking got pinned. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was pretty solid. Then, of course, Otis ends up going through the damn chamber. Plexiglass, plexiglass. which I saw coming. Tucker with that dive off the... Dude, Tucker! Damn. Yeah, so, man. Tucker, Tucker! What they say? It was Good like Tucker! A, it was a Mack truck. <laughs> 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 oh, man. That was that was a great matchup. And the end of it, you know, I was cool with Miz and Morrison winning that. Uh, I got no problem with that at all. I think it's great Miz and Morrison being tag team champions against the promos alone or gold with the two of them since they've been back together. So. Are you ready? We gotta do Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey. Ho, ho. <laughs> they don't need no catchy song, though. They don't need nothing. Don't need catchy song. Nope. Uh, let's see. Alistair Black, AJ Styles. It was actually a pretty solid matchup. Um, I have my complaint. <clears throat> there is some. No, 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 no. No! This is why I don't understand. It's a no DQ match. From the beginning. No DQ match. Yeah. Why did it take till the end of the match for Gallows and Anderson to even think about really interfering in that match? Maybe. If you're playing the ultimate heel, you should have came in there and destroyed him from the beginning. It shouldn't have been, though, oh, we'll have an actual match, which you haven't done once. You've... Completely the entire storyline the two of them had together has been Styles not wanting to fight him. And then the entire time, all he does is have a regular one-on-one match. A little interference here and there. But it was a regular one-on-one match. And then they didn't interfere until, you know, the time was right. Bullshit. They had to wait for Undertaker to get to the arena. Or put on his coat. Whatever. (laughs) But in all honesty, like like you're saying, yes, Gallows and Anderson should have got involved way earlier into that matchup. And it should have just been a straight beat down. And then, you know, Undertaker comes in and choke slams Styles and, you know, clears the ring with Gallows and Anderson. And the match should have just got, like, I would have just threw the match out to begin with. Or had the match not even start. And just had the three of them just beat the shit out of Black. And then have Undertaker make the save for him. Then Monday night... Instead of that match with Rollins, which uh, was, was a good match, and then we got the same old shit after that. We'll talk about that later. Um, instead of doing Rollins and Black, we could have had Styles and Black one more time with Gallows and Anderson banned from ringside. And then there, midway through that match, we could have got the gongs and the lights out. Lights come back on. Black hits the Black Mass on Styles and picks up the pin. Yep. Would have been way better. So, would have been a much better ending than what we got at the Elimination Chamber. Which the other thing I'll say about that is how does Undertaker go out there and basically just choke, choke Anderson and Gallows for like and then they're the, out the, the process of, the of like 15 seconds. And then it's like it's like they got double suplex through like 20 <laughs> tables and they can't get the fuck back up. Oh, man. Like I was really insistent. I was really waiting for him to choke slam both of them. And then... You know, as he's turning around, Styles is coming to hit the forearm, and he catches Styles like he did, and then chokes on him. That's what I thought was going to play out. But instead, we just, you know, goozled Gallows and Anderson and, like, choked the life out of him. Like, Undertaker must have some strong damn hands, man. You know, or magic or something. Oh, no, Gallows and Anderson. I guess you cowards. have to ask Michelle. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh... Pretty much after 
after a lot of that, it's it kind of went downhill. Got worse, um, worse and worse. Then of course we had the women's chamber match, which was your main event. Um, but uh, we did have that that weird ass three on one handicap match for the Intercontinental Championship, which was so stupid. Which apparently whoever got the pinfall won the Intercontinental title. Which was never explained, even during the matchup. Because even the commentators like, well, if so-and-so pins Braun, does that mean they're the Intercontinental Champion? Or they give it to Shinsuke? Like, they're... Yeah. Like, everyone was confused on this. But Sammy ended up pinning Strowman, and Sammy's the new Intercontinental Champion. I personally have no issues with Sami Zayn being Intercontinental Champion. I just think the match that it happened was terrible. Yep. Sammy, Sammy's one of those guys that deserves it. He's there. He puts in the work. He's entertaining. He's charismatic. He's great on the mic. He's fantastic in the ring. An Intercontinental Championship run is something Sammy deserves. And hopefully it's better than the previous runs of Shinsuke and Strowman. Which really can't say anything about Strowman because he had a title, what, three weeks? Not even. No. Which, did you know this is his first... Uh, first singles title. First singles title. Yep. And he was like, I think he said it was like 1,477 days since his <laughs> debut. The only other title he had, the official title that he won was the Tag Team Championship with an 8-year-old. Sorry, 10. 10-year-old. Uh, that's Strowman. Nicholas. You're talking about Strowman. Yeah, I was talking about Strowman. I was talking about Sammy. You're talking about Sammy? Yeah. That's not his first singles title. Yeah, he was the NXT champion. Well, they don't. You know, they don't count NXT. Well, they can go fuck themselves because I, he was the NXT well, champion. Well, the answer. What I'm <laughs> saying is, 1477 days from his debut, his debut on the main roster. On the main roster. Yes. Yeah, not talking about um, fucking Strowman. Fucking Strowman. Yeah. Well, oh, that's so, yeah. But Sammy deserves it. I think, he, I, as evident from SmackDown tonight, Sammy. I think Sammy's going to do pretty good as IC champion, especially the promos alone should be pretty good. So, um, so that's pretty much it. No, women's chamber. The biggest thing that came out of this chamber match was Shayna Baszler eliminated every single participant in this match. She came in at what, like number four? Or number three? Number three. She was the third one in. I'll be honest. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I I'm pretty because it was on. I couldn't um, do it. It was Natty and Sarah Logan. Yeah, Natty, Natty, Natty and Sarah Logan who started the match. Did they? Yeah, because Liv and Ruby were in chambers, and so was um Shayna and. No, Oscar. no, 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 no! It was Ruby and Natty that started it because Logan. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was Ruby. Yeah. It was Ruby and Natty because I remember that now. It was yeah, Ruby. Because I didn't remember watching that. So it was Ruby and Natty. Yeah, because Logan was in the chamber and then Liv came out. I think Shayna came out fourth, though. Because I thought Liv came out first. She might have. Because I feel, I feel like I watched a little bit of it. I know I didn't watch the whole thing. I don't know. Shayna, she was pretty much like midway through the match when she came out. But as soon as she came out, she eliminated Natty, eliminated Ruby, um, Sarah Logan... Liv Morgan went, and then Oscar was the last one. Oh, and like the biggest thing, you know, what our um our good friends at the Chick Foley podcast, where they're talking about uh, their elimination chamber breakdown. 
one thing I really wasn't paying that much attention to was they still had that they still ran the full time in between Shayna and Asuka coming out. And you know, Shayna brought up a good thing that they could have just opened the chamber and let Asuka out and like nobody really would have said anything. At least most of us wouldn't, but you know there would have been that basement dwelling nerd going, Can it wait the full five minutes to let Asuka out of the chamber? He, they, they violated their own rules. Asuka should have won that match. Fucking garbage. You know, we'll get shit. something like that. But I, it kind of killed the momentum of Shayna eliminating Liv and then just, like, honestly, I've been sitting there like, what the hell? I think either that or they should have had Shayna toy with Liv a little more until we got closer to the time frame of Asuka being out of the chamber. But... Once that happened, you know the pretty much the one-on-one um, encounter between Shane and Oscar was pretty good, and that's probably the best thing that came out of that chamber match. Yeah, but the rest of it, meh. Aside meh. from Gulak and Brian and the SmackDown Tag Team Chamber match, which was real good. But. All right, so that's the Elimination Chamber, uh, Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. So, I didn't take a whole lot of notes for Raw. So, was a whole lot to talk about. Uh, the biggest thing you had Edge. Uh, the segment with Edge. RKO um, and Orton. RKO to Orton, which was killed. was not expecting that at all. Killed MVP. Killed MVP. MVP is dead. <laughs> so, I, I'm sorry. MVP is dead. Edge dead. killed MVP. He did indeed. <laughs> But that was probably like one of the best segments of Raw, like the entire night was that. And I was kind of hoping they were going to drag it out a little longer, and maybe do something with like Hawkins and Ryder, you know, yeah, with we Orton. About that last week, uh, yeah, like we mentioned last week. But you know, they, they still did a very good job with this segment with MVP and Edge and Orton. And you know, see, so you finally saw Edge get his hands on Orton. Uh, for a little bit, but Orton, you know, gets out, and then you know MVPs, you know, running his mouth again. Then he gets speared, and he gets like three concertos and an RKO. <laughs> but um, other stuff that we had on there, um, apparently the reveal of Roman's giant fake animatronic spider did not go over like gangbusters like they thought it was going to. So they had McIntyre kill it. The shit yeah, literally yeah. was revealed a week ago, and Apparently, now it's dead. Yeah, I, I, when I read <laughs> fucking Vince was just like, why did I think of this idea? Oh, my God. Like, he literally, like, picked up the ring steps and smashed it. <laughs> it was just... So, uh, so, I, so, so here's the real question. There, there goes Rowan's push. <laughs> so, so is, is Peter going to sue him? <laughs> that was an endangered it was an endangered spider Amazonian spider <laughs> oh, oh man it's gracious but like they're really outside of, we also had Seth Rollins like we touched on earlier during the chamber coverage um, Rollins, and Rollins and Alisha Black which was a really good match but then they fucked it up you know the disciples get involved and they start beating down Black and then all of a sudden, okay, here comes the Viking Raiders. Okay, that's cool. Here comes the Street Profits. All right, that's cool. But where'd Black go? Yeah. Where'd Alistair go? Alistair's gone out of the picture. And then we get the same old shitty eight-man tag matches that we've had like every single week. 
involving Rollins and the Disciples and some form of Kevin Owens and the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders. And it was just meh. Meh. Yes. That was a yep. main event. Yep. It was yep. meh. Meh. So, meh. I don't know. It just seems to me like a lot of WWE's storylines are just getting stale. And like we still have no clear direction on where they're going with Rollins and Owens. Like, is it going to be a singles match? Is it going to be like a six man tag match, eight man tag match, twenty man tag match? <laughs> like, we don't know. Like, I'm assuming it's going to be Rollins and Owens in the one on one match, which makes sense. I'm assuming it'll have like some a sort of stipulation, anywhere match or cage match or something. Yeah, it'll be some so kind of stipulation. Be, would have to be. So, um, then I'm sure we'll get. Uh, Street Profits defending the titles against someone, but it won't be AOP since um, I think Rizar tore his bicep or some shit like that. So it's like one goes out injured, and then they don't do anything with the other one. So it's like a package deal. Hey, you got injured. Sorry. Nothing we can do. So there goes the whole disciple storyline, unless Rollins recruits more people into the stable. So. This would have been a good place to use the Ascension. I tell you. But no, we had to release the Ascension. Because we didn't have anything creative for them. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, Or even reuse the Revival in this aspect. But because Revival didn't want to renew their contracts, we're not going to use the Revival anymore. Fuck y'all. So, (laughs) that's raw. Is it? Really bad. I look forward to like midweek wrestling than I do Monday Night Raw. I always like, look. I always look so, forward to midweek wrestling over Monday Night Raw. Like I worry. still watch Raw. Like there's still a lot of talent on there, which brings me to this too. Why is Ricochet on main event? Like he lost. He got squashed by Lesnar at Super Showdown. He lost the fucking Riddick Moss last week, and now he's on main event. Like. Ricochet, what did you do? Like, what happened? <laughs> oh, other thing I'd say about Raw, that uh, Mysterio Garza match was really good, too. Oh, I forgot about that. That was, like, at the beginning of the show, too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally forgot about that. But, yeah, back to Ricochet. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you do, man? We missed you, Ricochet. Apparently, he <laughs> he pissed in the wrong court flakes. Uh, apparently. I mean, unless, you know, they just don't really have much for him to do and they just want to keep him, kind of keep him on TV a little bit or, you know, something like that. Who knows? Maybe they got something big coming for him and they just waiting until after Mania to do something. I don't know. I, I don't have any insights onto their creative process. If I did, it'd probably be a little bit better. But you never know. Not to toot my own horn or anything. Toot, toot. <laughs> But anyway, back to uh, midweek wrestling. Uh, there was no NWA power this week. Instead, we were treated to two episodes of the Circle Squared, uh, which episode two showcased Colby Carino, the son of legendary ECW alumni, the king of old school, old school Steve Carino. Yeah. And uh, the legendary George South. Which we've... Actually seen. We have seen George South. Russell Tony Atlas. Yeah. 
in a uh, geriatric match. <laughs> Not on George Sal's part, because you know he can still kind of go. Because that match with Colby was actually pretty good. <clears throat> um, um, no, uh, you think so? I like. I mean, I'm not saying I don't think so. I just <clears throat> I hated that fucking like Iron Claw bullshit that took up half the match. No, it's a very it's old school. I know. It's George South is very uh, old school wrestler. Though. I know. Um, but I think I think so that Colby, match wasn't horrible. I mean, I think they put showed a little bit of what Colby has, which is what was the purpose of the match. Yeah, I, I, I think what they're doing is they're <clears throat> you because know, you know they the fans vote on this on who who NWA should consider um, signing to a contract and all that fun stuff. And I think what it is is they're using George South to pretty much showcase Colby Carino and um, push him into into that spotlight a little bit just to get like the fan sympathy vote for him. Which the cool thing too is we had um, Allison K and Eli Drake want to watch along with us too, and just to yep. hear um, Eli talking about Colby, you know, that he should go with like the kind of awkward, like dorky type gimmick because he kind of came off a little awkward, like on his entrance out to the podium and you know during his interview and stuff like that. And then George South played like the straight old school heel by running down the crowd and his opponent and stuff like shit. that. Shit! So, you shit your mouth. Well, it's pretty solid. I think Colby will probably garner the majority of the vote for, for that episode. Um, also, during episode two, we got the announcements for the Crockett Cup. The first four participants, first, first four participating tag teams, um, which, of course, Rock and Roll Express had already announced that they will be part of the, the Crockett Cup. We have Villain Enterprises, represented by Brody King and Flip Gordon. Yes. So, Pretty excited about that. Which they said that, um, I guess last week, last year it was him and PCO. Yeah, him and PCO. But PCO has to wrestle. PCO is um, wrestling all of us that weekend. That weekend so. so, um, so yeah, so Brody King and Flip Gordon. Um, of course, Villain Enterprises won the Crockett Cup last year. Um, that was the tangent, like you said, Brody King and PCO. So hopefully we'll get a repeat this year for Brody with uh, Flip Gordon. So that'd be pretty cool. Uh, of course, the wild cards representing Strictly Business. Um, I guarantee you, one of those matchups is going to be Strictly Business and Villain Enterprises. So maybe Might be the final. Maybe be the finals. Um, we also have representing Ray Bonner, um, Ray Horace, and Flamita are your first four teams announced for the Crockett Cup, along with the main event of Marty Skrull taking on Nick Aldis for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Um, so. We also got, um, they announced too, uh, I think it was on episode two also, um, Aaron Stevens defending oh, yeah, the title defending. against Murdoch. Yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about that too. Um, and I yeah, was it. I think that was the only thing they announced. I thought they announced Thunder Rosa defending against someone too. But Oh, they talked about the, um, they talked about that, um, the last, uh, the like wild card thing for the tag team. Oh they yeah! Announced yeah. all that too. It was going to be a uh, a battle royal, and it's got tag teams and singles competitors. And so basically, the, whoever's the last two in last the ring two are, are going to be enter as the wild card team as a tag team. That could get very interesting. I agree. I, oh. I actually really like it. I thought it was a really interesting. That's going to be awesome. Because you so know, you, could see like, you know, it's not going to be two people that are a tag team. Oh, absolutely, it won't not. make any sense. You know what's going to be? You know, Zicky Dice and Ricky Starks. You know who would be better? <laughs> if it was like Eddie Kingston and the Pope 
Oh man. Oh shit. That would be awesome. I'm pretty sure we're getting Kingston and Pope at Crockett Cup though. Yeah. I um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we get Zicky Dice and Ricky Starks in a rematch at Crockett Cup. But I'm really the way that they've been rolling with us. I wouldn't be surprised if we do get Ricky Starks and Zicky Dice in there as the final two for the wild card. <laughs> it just it seems like the the most logical thing for them to do. But um, then again, NWA hasn't been. It's kind of been a little predictable with stuff, but it's not as bad as WWE has been lately. So, um, episode three, we saw Freya take on Danny Jordan. I like Danny Jordan. I thought she was fantastic. Like Freya was big. Like she she kind of reminded me of like a mix between like Nia Jackson, Awesome Kong. And, you know, she Alaskan, so she's white. But there's <laughs> like Freya the Slayer, something like that. So, I mean, she was pretty good. Like, her her mic skills weren't that great. But Danny, like, she was great in the ring. Her pre-match promo was fantastic. Talking about how she's, like, the original mean girl. And she even busted out a burn book. Like, that, like, she, she had, like, she had me hooked from, like, the second she start talking like I I think she'd be a great heel I think she plays a great heel especially from what we saw during that but um that was a pretty solid matchup from both these women so kind of looking forward to see who the fans um lean towards from that one I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Danny she just seemed to have more more charisma and more personality about her and plus she told us her name right off the bat Freya didn't even tell us who she was. <laughs> it's like a big thing. She's like, I'm from Alaska. Who care? What the hell's your name? <laughs> and that, that's the same thing that Allison, Allison K said and Eli Drake. They're like, well, what's your name? <laughs> who are you? That's great you're from Alaska, but... Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> uh, but that was uh, Circle Squared. Uh, next week, we're getting the NWA Superpower. Superpower, right? Superpower, super hour, I don't know. Superpower, power, super hour, but something like that. Two hours. Two hours of NWA, which we will see Marty Skrull and Brody King team up against Nick Aldis and Tom Latimer. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, our first, actually, our um, Marty Skrull's debut match on NWA Power. So it's going to be awesome. So psyched for that. But that's next week. Um, so let's jump into the Wednesday Night Wars. We got some NXT. We got some AEW. Um, I didn't get a lot of notes for AEW. Um, I may I watched NXT over. I did watch some of AEW. I just didn't take a lot of notes. Um, NXT. We started off with uh, the North American Championship match between Cameron Grimes and Keith Lee. Um, the one thing I will say, if you were sleeping on Grimes, man, I hope this woke you all up. Cameron Grimes, man, held his own against Keith Lee. Like, like I was a fan of Cameron Grimes to begin with, you know, as previous, like Trevor Murdoch, or not Trevor Murdoch, Trevor Lee on the independent scene, you know, Impact, um, when he was part of the Helms dynasty with Hurricane Helms, Mark Andrews. 
it was just, it was great. Like, he's really come into, you know, this camp, this Grimes character, and he's he's pretty much made it his own, and just his in-ring work is phenomenal. Yeah, he's really just, good. Man, like, he sold that pounce like crazy, too. So, but, uh, and I didn't even a, know he's from Burlington. You know he's from Burlington? Burlington, North Carolina. Oh. I heard that. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, his previous I thing was the, I would, I was admit, the, uh, I the Carolina admit, Caveman. I wouldn't admit to that. <laughs> Burlington? <laughs> And I'm not even like native North Carolina and Carolinian, and I I know you don't admit to being from Burlington. So, oh yeah, but, uh, but it was pretty good. Uh, then we had Mia Yim take on Dakota Kai um, for a spot in the number one contender ladder match. Um, Mia Yim did pick up the win, but afterwards she got attacked by Raquel. Um, so yeah, that's that's shaping up. To be a pretty solid ladder match with me again, Chelsea Green, which I'm still surprised that Chelsea Green made it into that ladder match. So, over Shotzi, it was kind of, man. But yeah, um, after that, we had the return of Kushida. I was so happy to hear Kushida's music and Raul Mendoza. That was a great match, too. Like, this is the thing like, NXT has two hours every week, and they put on better matches than a three hour Raw. Or a three-hour Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. So, but, um, Indeed. Because she ended up picking up the win. Um, that freaking Spanish fly that Mendoza tried to hit on Kushida, and Kushida reversed it into the armbar. Freaking amazing. Like, if you haven't seen that clip, if you missed NXT this week, you really need to go back, watch it on the network, find a clip on YouTube or something. Even if it's just to see that, you know... Quick, like one minute snippet from this matchup where, you know, Mendoza goes, you know, they go into the backflip for the Spanish fly and Kushida just like twists, boom, into the arm bar. And it was freaking amazing. So Kushida is phenomenal and Mendoza is no slouch either. So, um, we had a segment between Tyler Breeze and Austin Theory, uh, basically setting up a match for the two of them. Uh, we had Rhea Ripley's segment with Charlotte interrupting, and Charlotte ends up laying out Ripley. Um, and then Mendoza was taken. He was taken. He was taken by some luchadors. Like, now are these the same guys that took um, Trent Seven? Maybe. Did we just we all did we just forget about that? So like, they just took him back to NXT UK, and we never saw him again. Are these the same guys that kidnapped Samoa Joe? Maybe. It's crazy. But the funny thing is, like, the other, the luchador, like, after they throw Mendoza in the car, the one guy, like, walks by the car and, like, does, like, you know, the shush sign over his mouth hole in his mask and he just gets in the car and takes off. Did anybody not get the plate number of that SUV? Like, it was clear as day, right on the TV. Did it say, uh, did it say door card on it? It did not. It was a Florida plate, though. Oh. Obviously a Florida plate. But. So, <laughs> but, uh, this kind of funny because you just see me again walking through the parking lot and all of a sudden like for one she's walking through the parking lot in her ring gear two Mendoza is at the trunk of his car still in his ring gear like putting on deodorant or something and then he gets taken in his ring gear when he comes back he better still be in his ring gear because <laughs> it's going to make absolutely no goddamn sense if he comes back and he's wearing like a suit Maybe they dressed him. Maybe. Maybe they're creepers. That's creepy too. Creepy ass shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
saw Tegan Knox take on Deion Perrazzo in a, another number one contender spot for the ladder match. Um, Tegan Knox advances over Perrazzo, which is kind of weird that yeah. Tegan advances, but Dakota, Dakota doesn't. doesn't. So I wonder if something's going to happen between now and that ladder match where either Dakota gets into the match or she ends up like taking out My Tegan. guess is they'll probably do like a, the last person will be like, they'll do like a fatal four like way. Like a last or, chance. Yeah, last chance. Last chance match or something. That's battle well type thing. That'd be my guess. Um, but they announced next week, um, Candle to Ray, LeRae taking on Mercedes Martinez. Nice. So I'm kind of psyched about that one. So everyone knows I love me some Mercedes Martinez. We all do. Yes. Um, then the main event, the Broserweights um, defended the tag titles against Undisputed Era. Um, we had a great promo from Velveteen Dream. Beginning of that match, basically running down Roddy and Adam Cole, um, getting into their heads. The best freaking part of this match. Did you watch this match? I uh, did not. Oh my god! So, oh, they all undisputed arrogance is out of the ring. So they throw like Cole and Riley, or Fish and O'Reilly get knocked out of the ring. So, um, Riddle does a dive over the top rope, takes everyone out, throws in Roddy on one side, then throws Adam Cole on the other side. Pete Dunn is in the ring. And all of a sudden, Dunn just goes, falls to the ground, holding his face. Adam Cole's standing up, and he's like, what the fuck? So, all of a sudden, the ref turns around and sees Pete Dunn on the ground. And Adam Cole standing there, just like, what the hell? <laughs> like, the whole point of throwing Roddy in there was to distract the ref. Yeah. So, Dunn could do the, yeah. the clap like he got super kicked. So, like, he gets up, and he's like, oh, and, like, the ref's like, did you kick him? Did you? And Matt Riddle comes in. He's, like, motioning, like, the super kick. He's like, it's freaking hilarious. And then, so, the ref's like, no, 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 no. Throws out Roddy and Cole, like, kicks them out of the ringside area. And, like, Riddle and Dunn hit their little poses, you know, like, Dunn's, you know, Riddle's throwing up the bro fist, and. And Dunn's just standing there, and he's, like, shrugging his shoulders. It was, like, the best thing during that entire match. It was freaking hilarious. I thought. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, again, you know, Google it. You know, hit up the network, whatever. Find it on YouTube. It was awesome. That, like, two, three minutes, it's worth your time. It's freaking hilarious. Just the look on Cole's face when Pete <laughs> Dunn just, boom, falls to the ground. Like, it reminded me so much of, like, a mix between Eddie Guerrero and something William Regal would do. It was, it was freaking awesome. So, um, then after that, we had, of course, uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano close out the show. They destroyed each other and that performance center. I saw that. So, it was insane. And that spot off the little balcony thing through the announce table. Oh, my God. Just... Insane. Insane indeed. Really looking forward to their takeover match. Because like, we know it's going to be good. Like, and they're going to try to outdo what they did the last time they wrestled the takeover. No. And the time before that. And the time before that. And, and the, the time, time before, before that. that. And the time before it's that. It's like every match that they have at takeover, they, they try to one-up their previous match. Which, in my opinion, the only people that are win- like, nobody loses. Like, we as fans win because we're getting a hell of a match. It's like any time, like, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens wrestled. So. 
But uh, yeah, so that's NXT. Um, AEW this week, we opened up the show with Cody and Ortiz as your opener. Um, Keith Lee and Cameron Grimes was a much better opener than this. Uh, um, man, I'm the one that watched AEW over yeah. NXT. You decided to watch NXT over AEW, which is fine. That's why we do this. So we so both we, have, you know, can take different notes. We can congregate. We can talk. We can okay. do all this stuff. Yeah. Well, you hit them with the AEW, though. And we got it, you know. Uh, you know, we got the unsatisfactory of seeing uh, uh, Lance Archer and uh, uh, Jake, Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake Roberts. You so know? Lance Archer debuts as Jake's client. I, mean, I I just I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, we kind of like talked about it too. Like, uh, we definitely feel like Brody Lee was the better fit, made more sense, especially with the. Jake character, like I really, I really could have saw Lance Archer coming in as Sean Spears' tag partner. But I mean, let's take out there. You know, obviously they had other plans for him, and don't really know where this is going until it goes. It goes. So, but I don't know. I, I just don't. It, it doesn't strike me as like a Jake the Snake type protege as like Brody Lee would. So, but what else? Yep. Who? We had a women's tag match, uh, Sheeta and Statlander versus Nyla Rose and Brie Priestley. Um, Nyla and Brie Priestley ended up winning that match, and then Priestley attacked Nyla Rose after the match. Yeah. Not sure if that was pretty smart on Priestley's part. But... I mean, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> not uh, at all. I think Rose has pretty much picked up the the mantle from Awesome Kong as the new bitch killer. So, I I don't see this ending well in the near future for B. Priestley. I don't either. I mean, but hey, she she took her shot. Like she shot her shot. So, she did I mean, indeed. So that's that's all we can say. Uh, we got another boring ass promo from uh, Britt Baker. Sorry, yeah. I can't stand these fucking Britt Baker and Big Swall. I can't stand oh. these fucking. Making fun of Shivani, however the fuck you say his name. Wow, Shivani. Shivani. Making and fun of him Starbucks. every fucking week with like, a fucking oh cup God. of Starbucks. The only thing that saved it was Big Swole. She saved it. Yeah, it was a pretty good back and, and forth. They're back and forth talking about each other's husband. <laughs> Bebe. <laughs> I'm, yeah. <married>, I'm married, Bebe. I'm married, Bebe. Big Swole was awesome. She's pretty solid on the mic. Yeah, know? I like her. And of course, you don't know, um, Big Swole is actually in a relationship with uh, former cruiserweight champion Cedric Alexander, which I think is kind of funny that both their significant others are under WWE contract, and they're both under AEW contract. Pretty awesome. <laughs> um, we got uh, the best uh, promo ever by Christopher Daniels on an AEW pay per view. That was great. That was amazing. <laughs> Him talking shit about the Dark Order. I mean, I'm I'm still fully behind Daniels being the exalted one. Until it gets revealed next week, Daniels, in my mind, will be the exalted one. Yep. Especially that. Because, like you said, they they don't target Daniels when they attack him. Daniels seems to be the only one out of SCU that is going after the Dark Order to begin with. Like, prominently. It hasn't been, like, there's no Scorpio Sky, there's no Kazarian involved in this video, in this promo at all. So, like, it's really going to be to the point where Daniels, I, I really do believe Daniels is the exalted one. 
you know, it doesn't make sense for it to be Brody Lee. It doesn't make sense for it to be Matt Hardy. Oh, which pretty much, um, again, um, we're good friends at the Chick Foley show. They put out a poll on their Twitter asking who people thought the exalted one was. And it was pretty, pretty close between, um, Luke Harper, Brody Lee and Matt Hardy. Uh, one of the other options on there was Christopher Daniels. Guess who picked Christopher Daniels? You, this guy. <laughs> then they had, I think, other uh, uh, um, spot, another spot in there for like other, but yeah. So, uh, let's see. We had the main event, which was Adam Page, who ended up getting Dustin Rhodes as his tag team partner against uh, Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Which, uh, which Page almost a good point I read about with that match. And I hadn't honestly thought about it either. Why do they keep having Guevara get pinned all the time? Have you noticed? Like, he's one of your, like, big stars, and he gets pinned every single match he's in. Like, if you think, like, every tag match, he's the one that gets pinned. It's not Jericho. It's always him. I never really thought about it until someone brought it up. Maybe it just keeps jerk. I, that's probably I mean, because he, got, he got pinned in that. I mean, he... he he lost to Darby, right? Did he always at the Yeah he did. Throw? So like he's like on a horrible losing streak if you really think about it. Yep. So I I just like I honestly hadn't really noticed. I think he didn't until he someone the, brought uh, it up. Because he wrestled Darby a couple times. I think he got has at least one victory over Darby. He probably does. And I know he's got a victory over Janella. I mean, who doesn't have a victory over Janella? Which so. speaking of that, they had uh Janella and uh Who's he tag with? Oh, uh, Private Party versus the Death Triangle. Death Triangle, yeah. Our new favorite tag team name. Death Triangle. Death Triangle. I like the Spanish version of the better. Spanish version better. is the entire reason they did it. I am pretty sure. And then, and, like, and in all honesty, like with them putting Pac and the Lucha Brothers together, like there's there are six man titles coming. Has to be. To there's AW. way too many. There's, because have, they even had they even had Jurassic Express versus uh. MJF and Blaine the Butcher. Yeah. So like there's we have a lot of six man teams. So there are six man like associations, stuff like that. I mean, we're we're getting six man tag titles at some point in the near future. Because why would we why would we we establish all these trios if we're not getting some sort of title for that? So it just yeah, makes sense. It does. Because we're you constantly when you see the Jurassic Express, it's always the three of them, except for when Luchasaurus was injured. Um, um, best two, friends is always two and a half. Two and yeah, two and a half. So <laughs> yeah, I keep forgetting about their um, underage counterpart um, <laughs> or under height, whatever you want to call them. Um, best friends is always Trent, Chuck Taylor, and Orange Cassidy. So uh, there's something that we're definitely getting trios titles. And I can honestly see when that point where Kenny Omega and Adam Page lose the tag titles, I can see Omega and the Bucks going after six-man tag titles, but if not being involved in that. If there's like a tournament or something involved in that tournament at some point. Um, the other thing on there, too, we had um, had it on top of my song. I forgot what the fuck it was. Yeah, I don't remember anything. Else. Yeah, I don't remember 
I don't, I don't remember what it was. Oh, the uh, them killing uh, Matt Jackson. Oh yeah, yes. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson. Yeah. Whichever one it is. Yeah. So Nick Jackson's dead. Yeah, he's dead. So there's been two murders this week in professional wrestling. Um, MVP and Nick Jackson. Yep. So, yep. They literally like bashed his skull in with a garage door. And then just left him laying there. It's not like that door was heavy that he can, you know, lift it up off of him himself. Which that's the funny thing. You so, notice you notice like Omega like and yeah. the other buck like pick it up and then they're like, No, 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 no don't do that. Don't move, and, don't move, and then don't like touch they him. put it back down and then when they come over there to take him and get the stretcher, they pick it up again. I'm like, What the fuck? Just pick it up, roll him away. Like, <laughs> the Jesus thing is like if he was right. in that much pain. You're going to put the door back on him? Yeah, right? (laughs) Well, let's just get the door off of him. We'll relieve some of that pain. No. We're going to leave the fucking door on him. Like, he had his skull bashed in by this door. And we're going to put it back on his head. (laughs) What the hell? Gotta love it. (laughs) Oh, man. And the blood just looked ridiculous. Yeah, it did. That was was almost as bad as the uh, the Shane and Baszler take a bite out of Becky's neck blood. So... (laughs) It was it was pretty bad. <laughs> was indeed. All right, that is going to. No, that's not going to round out. It's um SmackDown tonight. Yeah. So it was very strange. Very very interesting. Um, SmackDown originally was supposed to be from Detroit this week, but they canceled the show. Um, of course, thanks to the Corona apocalypse. Um, and it emanated from the Performance Center. Uh, one thing that we didn't get that we were supposed to get was Paige. Um, we did see Jeff Hardy take on Baron Corbin, um, and we did see John Cena. It was actually... Yeah, like, it wasn't bad to arena, be in the empty arena. Good. But um, I will say, this is probably the first time in probably years that John Cena has made an entrance and not gotten booed. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been years. It's been since he debuted. Um, the one thing I'll say is uh, Triple H opened the show like... If that doesn't tell you how much they care about each and every single one of us, it's it was, it was really good to open it that way. Uh, uh, the one thing I was going to say, I know you didn't watch it, but they had um, Bliss and Nikki take on uh, Bailey and Sasha, which the reason Bailey and Sasha won was because Oscar came down there and interfered and cost Alexa the Nikki the match. So... I know they had been rumored to be in that tag team match at WrestleMania. So so it's probably we're going to get Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss against the Kabuki Warriors. Yeah. And possibly I'm, maybe we'll see another multi-woman. I've heard a triple threat. That's one of the things I've heard. Because so. wasn't the, the initial match last year was Fatal 4-Way, wasn't it? I think so. So it was the Iconics, Becky and Sasha, mm-hmm. um, Alexa Bliss and someone else. Is mm-hmm. Alexa? Yeah. I think so. And um, the Divas of Doom. Yeah. And which we all know the Iconics picked up the win. So. And then the downward spiral of Sasha and Bailey hugging each other in a corner in the fetal position. Yeah. And then Sasha taking her ball and going home. <sighs> yeah. But, yeah. Maybe lose respect for Sasha for not just, you know, doing your job. So, yeah. I got to do my job every day. I got shit I don't like to do, but I still got to do it. Can't take my ball and go home. If I do, I get fired. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, um, I love my people every day over stupid shit. Speaking of someone who doesn't, who didn't get booed coming out to the ring, Roman Reigns didn't get booed either. That is true. 
I'm sure there's there. some basement dwelling fans sitting at home when he comes out going, boo. Yeah, I mean, we were booing. I mean, we were we, chanting we, John. We were saying we were, John Cena sucks. But. Yeah, we were doing that. <laughs> Which, that was awesome. Him and Bray um, was... That was a really good segment and really... Like, the promo work just between these two alone is going to be worth the build-up for this match. Yeah. Especially Cena taking the, the root route he did on how he feels about Bray taking the match yep. was interesting. Yep. So, yeah. That was basically SmackDown. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, they also showed a, a replay of the uh, Elimination Chamber tag team match. So, if you don't have the WWE Network, they treated you uh, a freebie. <laughs> One of the better matches from the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. That for sure. Yeah, so, yeah it was pretty good. Pretty solid. Um, so that's going to wrap up our uh, Get in the Ring segment and our weekly roundup of the action inside the ring. Uh, we're going to take a brief break with another word from one of our sponsors. And we'll be back with our continued look at uh, our Women's History Month celebration. Uh, of course, we've got Push Fire Burry. Burry. Push Burry. Fire Burry. Um, and our trivia, and of course the weekly Q&A. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. What's up, WrestleGeddon Podcast fans? This is Rose with Bright Rose Events. Here to announce we have a new subscription box for all your tingling sensations. Check out www.cratejoy.com and research dates in a box even wrestling fans need love too and so you can get your wrestle on with the one you love have a date night delivered to your house every month for you and that special someone that's www.cratejoy.com searching dates in a box All right, and we are back. So we're going to get into our continued celebration of Women's History Month. And this week, it is G-Money's turn, and he's got a very surprising surprising pick that uh, I never guessed in a million years. So <laughs> take it away, sir. So uh, the person I picked, um, she's not necessarily influential in the sense of her wrestling I'm not saying she didn't wrestle, she did, Um, but for her outside of, I guess you would say outside of wrestling, uh, let me just talk, you'll figure it out. Uh, The person I picked this week is Sarah Ann Amato, um, also known as Sarah Del Rey. Uh, She is a retired professional wrestler now, um, who used to wrestle for Ring of Honor, IWA Mid-South, and All Pro Wrestling, as well as some Mexico and Japan, like... Um, independent scene stuff Um, but what most people know her for if you know anything about NXT um, she is one of the top people who um, works with all the wrestlers in the performance center um, trained doing all the training Um, she works hand-in-hand with Matt Bloom um, doing um, making all the wrestlers that you watch on TV uh, help their careers and become better wrestlers you know awesome stuff Awesome stuff. Yes. If you're not familiar with Sarah Amato um, or her ring name, Sarah Del Rey, 
definitely YouTuber. Um, I, I'm actually familiar with Sarah Del Rey, as I do remember seeing her the first time through some older episodes of Ring of Honor. Um, she's a fantastic in-ring competitor, um, and she is a huge, huge asset to the uh, the Performance Center, especially with the with WWE's uh, future women's superstars. Um, yeah, so like I said, she started off a lot of her career. She did a lot of independent scenes. Uh, she did some Mexico promotions, Japan, Japan promotions, stuff like that. Um, thing I didn't know, um, she was trained by Donovan Morgan, Robert Thompson, and our good pile, Brian Daniels. That I did not know either. I did which not at all. Which explains a lot. Yeah. So. Does indeed. Which, uh, if you nerds don't know who Brian Daniels is in, then... You should not be listening to this podcast. Um, um, I will educate you, though. Brian Danielson is Daniel Bryan. Jesus. Do you need to know that? Yes, because there are some people out there that are idiots. But. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there are people that listen to our show who like Darby Allen, too. Yeah. 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 We're not going to get into that. Okay. Oh, hey, no, goddamn Darby Allen. Uh, some of her titles... Um, she wrestled for a Canadian thing, won a championship with them, Wrestling Revolution. <laughs> Canadian thing. Canadian thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I said it. Canadian-y. Uh, Canadian I don't know what Chikara is, but it sounded kind of cool. Oh, uh, uh, Chikara's awesome. Is it? Yeah. I figured it was. Uh, she was uh, the Tornero Chibrin. I don't even want to say it, but she was that Torneo champion. Torneo Cybernetico. There you go. She was that champion. Uh, Impact Zone Wrestling, she was the IZW Women's Champion one time. Uh, Jersey All Pro Wrestling, she was the champion there. Uh, <laughs> Jersey All Pro. <laughs> Jersey All Pro Wrestling. Remember Jay Lethal won yeah. that membership? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I remember that now. You're right. <laughs> Forgot all about that when I did that. Uh, Ohio Championship Wrestling, she was the OCW Women's Champion. Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. She was ranked uh, number four of the best 50 female singles wrestlers in the PWI Female 50 in 2012. Uh, PW ranked her 430 of top 500 wrestlers in the PWI 500 in 2012, which is all wrestlers. Shows you how good she was. Um, Pro Wrestling World, she was the Sun Champion one time. Um, In Ring of Honor, she was the Undisputed World Intergender Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Say that five times fast with Chris Hero. A.K.A. Cassius Ono. Yeah. Uh, she was Remix Pro Wrestling Women's Champion. Um, she also was in Shimmer Women Athlete. She was Shimmer Champion and Shimmer Tag Team Champion. Yeah. Shimmer's a great company, too. Um, it's all women's wrestling. Shimmer's phenomenal. That's um, really, really want to go to a Shimmer event, but there's never anything around any area that I've ever lived in. So, like upstate New York, um, North Carolina. You know, one of the big things of me moving down here um, to the tribal area was yet you know, like I'd always look at like wrestling autograph signings on uh, wrestlingfigs.com. Uh, because they always had like a list of like autograph signings in the areas and stuff. Everything was always Raleigh, Charlotte, Raleigh, Charlotte, Raleigh, Charlotte. And I moved down here and there ain't shit. So like, what the hell, man? What but, the hell, man? 
but I've never had a chance to go to an actual shimmer show, and I would love to. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, that's basically it. I mean, like I said, she works for the NXT. She's basically trained, like, everyone you know. Becky, Alexa, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, all of them down there now. Um, she's basically what got them going, I guess, what you have training them and everything. And she is a very integral part in training these women's wrestlers to be so where they are right they now. They brought her on when they rebranded. Yeah, they brought her on in 2012. Okay, so that, so was, that was when they started doing that the NXT, revolution stuff. Yeah, all that fun so, stuff. So she was definitely a big part of that also. So, so that was like the tail end of um, Sasha, Becky, Bailey, yeah. um, Charlotte's run in NXT. Um, what you saw pretty instrumental in getting those, getting the four of them ready for the main, their main roster debuts. Yep. Because a lot of them were there at the tail end of FCW. Correct. Um, and then going into the rebranding of NXT. So, awesome. Awesome, awesome stuff. So that is uh, Sarah Amato, yeah. a.k.a. Sarah Del Rey. So definitely check out some of her work. Um, throw her name into their, your uh, Google machine. Um, take a look. Cause I, she's not going to have anything on the network um, as far as any past matches. There's nothing on the network. Uh, none of the companies she's worked for, WWE does not own any of the tape libraries for um, but definitely hit up YouTube. You can probably find some great matches uh, from her Shimmer Run, um, any of her early Ring of Honor stuff. So definitely check her out. It's definitely worth the look. Um, on that note, let's get into one of my favorite segments, Push Fire Berry. Stop saying one. It is your favorite segment. It is. Well, I like points of articulation, too. Well, I know. And then you like our uh, weirdos that call in, but that's about uh, it. I don't know. Some of those weirdos I can't do, like fucking Skater Boy. Skater Boy. Fucking weirdo panty thief, Tom. Oh, man, that guy was creepy. <laughs> it's not as creepy as your uncle, though. <laughs> yeah. Your, your quote-unquote uncle. That guy was weird. No. Mm-hmm. All right, so Push Fire Barry this week is all women's superstars. Mm-hmm. So... Basically champions. Basically, I think there's okay. like maybe one or two in here. I'm not positive that they're champions, but whatever. There we go. They're champions of some kind. So, as always, we're going to fire up the Random Tron 5000. Um, whatever three names we get, we decide who gets pushed, who gets fired, who gets buried. Um, I have no idea, so if you want to go first, you can. I can go first. It doesn't matter. I don't remember. I don't remember either, so we'll just start fresh. Okay. We can do a... I was going to say paper, rock, scissors for it, but... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't care. Who the fuck cares, man? <laughs> How badly do you want Stacy Keebler? You uh, want her real bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's getting her. Why don't we just do... No, I'm sorry. I'll take it. All right. So my first one, Stacy Keebler. Uh, second one is... I hope someone's just as bad. <laughs> Bailey. Uh, I think this is going to be pretty easy so far. Yeah, I do too. I was hoping it'd be someone else's. And bad. number three... Yes! He got two oh bad ones. Oh, my God. So, um, well, I know who he's pushing, so let's figure out the other two. <laughs> It'll be funny if I just fire Bailey. I mean, I highly <laughs> doubt that would happen, but sure. Because I don't see you pushing um, Kelly Kelly or fucking Stacey Keepler. Uh, Kelly Kelly gets fired, Stacey Keepler gets buried, Bailey gets pushed. There you go. Easy. Based off of 
I don't know that I feel like Stacey Keebler has more name value than Kelly Kelly does. And as far as talent goes, Bailey is the most talented of the three. So random shot 5,000 rolling G money's first one is legendary Mickey James. Legendary. Legendary. She is a living legend. Love Mickey James. Number two, Hall of Famer China. She's pretty tough. Yeah. And number three, Hall of Famer Jacqueline. Miss Texas, Miss Jackie. She is yeah. killing me. A legend and two Hall of Famers. <sighs> Man, you're killing me. <laughs> I should say a future Hall of Famer because Mickey James is going to the Hall of Fame in the near future. That's some criminal injustice. Okay. It's pretty tough. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm going to have to fire China. I'm going to bury Jacqueline. And I'm going to push Mickey James. You're good. Hey, that was a pretty tough one. That was pretty damn tough. <laughs> I will admit that for sure. Hopefully you get like fabulous moolah. <laughs> Actually, I was really hoping you got me young, but oh, I would have fired him. I know, especially like Mula. <laughs> especially with all the stuff that came out with Mula, like taking advantage of women, she was training, all the other stuff. Like it just, regardless of what you contributed, like that's just some shady shit right there. Mm-hmm. But um, all right, so let's move into trivia. So last week's question, uh, of course, was one of the toughest female wrestlers in WWE was Victoria. What kind of business did she open in 2013? That would be a restaurant called the Squared Circle in Chicago. It was actually a pretty, pretty destin, pretty good destination spot for wrestling fans visiting Chicago. So if you guessed a restaurant and you knew the name of the restaurant, go ahead and give yourself that good old fashioned Barry Horowitz pat on the back because you are correct. And this week's question, I think it's kind of an easy one. But we will see. Uh, during the late 80s, Georgie Animal Steel began bringing a raggedy puppet mascot to the ring with him. By what name did he call this item? So if you think you know the answer, go ahead and uh, post it on any social media post promoting this episode. Um, you can DM us through any of our social media. And you can email us at askwrestlegeddon at gmail.com. Just go ahead and put in the subject line on that episode 33. Trivia answer. Yes, indeed. And it's funny because one of his Mattel action figures is actually his Mattel. No, because I've done two. Um, his first Mattel action figure from the Legend series comes with this little little puppet mascot. I do know this. That's pretty awesome. That's a great figure, too. I was like super shocked when they included that in there. Because that's one thing Jax did not to give. They did give us a hairy Georgie animal steel. Like, legit, like, when you touch it, it's hairy. So, but they did not give us his little puppet. So, so that's one thing Mattel did that uh, made me rebuy a Georgie animal steel action figure. Which I probably would have rebought anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we are going to close out the show, of course, with the Q&A, like we do every week um, recently. So, first, we've got um, a couple audio questions, as always. Uh, This is from Mike. 
So we're going to go ahead and insert that in here. What am I right? I don't remember their name, so whatever. So we're going to go ahead and put that in here now. <coughs> hey there, Russell Gunn Podcast. This is Mike uh, calling y'all. I've been quarantined, uh, tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, with this disease taking over America, uh, I heard that they're thinking about uh, canceling uh, WrestleMania, uh, which brought me back to the thought of, remember when uh, The Rock and Mankind had that I Quit match in the uh, uh, empty uh, arena uh, during the Super Bowl uh, halftime? What do you think about doing uh, WrestleMania? Like, the wrestlers are still there, but it's just like an empty-ass arena. Uh, maybe a couple hardcore matches, stuff like that. Uh, just want to know what you guys think. <coughs> Y'all stay uh, safe out there. Alright, um, so it sounds like Mike's got a touch of the, uh, the coronavirus, the coronapocalypse in his house. So, uh, stay inside, wash your hands. Stay inside, wash your hands. If you got any pets, um, yes, they haven't got. They have. There's no cases of pets getting them. Dogs that are. Doesn't immune. mean that you. They're immune. Dogs are. Are they? Yep. No. They dropped it. Said dogs cannot catch corona. Well, they haven't no. said it about my cat, so I'm not getting it because I love no. my cat too damn much. So, uh, so yeah, Mike wants to know how we feel about them not canceling WrestleMania and doing an empty arena match like they did for. Uh, the Rock and Mick Foley, Mankind, during their uh, halftime heat Which I've seen, though. actually. I have seen. So, um... um it'd be kind of weird. It'd be kind of weird, especially while I'm watching SmackDown from the Performance Center tonight. It was kind of weird with no crowd reacting and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, could you imagine, uh, like... A five-hour event? Can, well, not even that. Can you imagine having a Fiend entrance oh, with no with crowd? No crowd? It'd be so weird. It'd be, well, granted, I will admit, at least with that, it, it would kind of give it a more ominous, creepy feel because there'd literally be no one there. No noise, just no the noise. music. It'd just be um, the music. It would be really creepy and stuff. But can you imagine, like, all these wrestlers who usually get pyro during WrestleMania are going to have pyro for nobody? It'd be weird. Yeah, it'd be super weird. I'm not opposed to it, but. I'm not against it. I mean, it, it worked. SmackDown worked tonight. Like, it wasn't bad. No, it wasn't um, bad. From what I saw. Then, I mean, I just think that maybe having a five-hour show like WrestleMania in front of an empty arena might not be the best thing. So, but. Or maybe what you just do is you just um, take out, like, the, like, you know, like, all your floor seats. Have no one on the floor seats and just, like, upper rows. Push everybody back. Yeah. <laughs> Get back. I could do that. Too close. Yeah. Start um, taking people's temperatures as they're coming into the arena. <laughs> oh, you're 90, 98.9. Can't come in. <laughs> shoot, 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 shoot. Go away. Go away. It's hot out here. It's Florida. I don't care. Go shoot, away. Shoot, Corona. Shoot. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that was a pretty solid question. And you know, I'm not opposed to an empty arena thing. But, I mean, if, they, if that happens... Like, I could see them not broadcasting it on the network and making us actually pay, like, a premium price for it just to make up the, the revenue for running the arena and all that. 
unfortunately. Unfortunately. So. All right. So that's Mike. That was his question. And let's drop in our audio from our second one here. Chris the Heat Matthews. You done fucked up, buddy. You've been making fun of my son and his favorite wrestler, Darby Allen. I ain't gonna stand for it. You son of a bitch. So, I got a question for you. You want to challenge me in a match? Me and you? Toe to toe, head to head? Have you looking like Lieutenant Dan at the New Year's Eve party by the time I finish with you, boy? So I was thinking, what we'll have is a half pipe from hell match. Me and you will start at the bottom of a half pipe. On the top of each half pipe, there'll be three foot uh, flames of fire. And then on top of that, We'll have a pole with a skateboard wrapped in barbed wire. First person to climb up the half pipe and then climb up the pole, avoiding the fire, and hit their opponent upside the head, wins the match. What do you say, Chris? You scared, boy? Because you better be. Okay, so um, apparently all of our harassing skater boy has pissed off skater dad. And he wants to wrestle you in a half, a half pipe? pipe from hell match. Half pipe from hell. Match. <laughs> you better be careful, man. Um, if anybody from like AEW or something is listening to this, they might swipe your idea for the next Sammy Guevara Darby Allen match. <laughs> I'm just saying, you Which might want to. I don't know if you saw Darby Allen last week. He was he's pretty upset. I mean, he he threw a skateboard down like a a five year old child. Miss. Oh man, just. Oh, I'm at a loss for words. Like mistreating your skateboard, man. You're not a true skater. Skaters don't throw their boards down. The board is an extension of them. That's part of their being. You threw it down. You're not a skater. You're still a poser, Darby Allen. And you know what, skater dad? Your kid's a poser too. You're nothing but a punk ass bitch calling in here talking about how he got to be quiet because you upstairs sleeping and he don't want to piss you off. But honestly, you sound like a punk ass bitch to begin with. So, you know what? We can do this half pipe from hell match, and I'll set your ass on fire in those three-foot flames, and I will climb up that damn pole like a damn monkey, and I'll pull down that skateboard with the barbed wire, and my fat ass will beat you over the head with it. How about that? And then I'm going to go home and watch some Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Bitch. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, Come up on my show with my audio trying to cut a promo on me. Nah, that ain't how it works up in here. Skater dad. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. And I'm going to take that barbed wire skateboard. And to quote The Rock, I'm going to turn that son bitch sideways, shine it up real nice, and shove it straight up your candy ass. Yeah. 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 Dummy. Dummy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So on that note, that's going to wrap things up for us and episode 33 of the WrestleGeddon podcast this week. Um, so I guess we are officially in uh, Corona Apocalypse WrestleMania watch now. Yeah, we are. So we will we will keep you guys posted on a week-to-week basis um, with our thoughts on 
WrestleMania being canceled or postponed, if it does happen, uh, we will still continue to bring you some quality wrestling content. So, you know, if we end up having to cancel Raws and SmackDowns and things like that, we'll, we'll still find a way to talk some wrestling. We will. I mean, we have hours and hours of content on the network we can talk about. So. Yes, we do. And um, if you guys haven't seen it, the, uh, Chris sent it to me uh, the other day, uh, today, and I meant to say something earlier. Uh, please don't give your beers to Adam Page. He is not no longer allowed to take them. Uh, only uh, Open beers. No open beers. Yeah, no open beers. They have to be closed beers. Um, so if you want to give Adam... Adam Page, your, your beer. Make sure it's closed. It has to be unopened. Unopened. Undrank. Don't put your mouth on it. Don't lick it like a crazy man. Yep. You fucking weirdo. Because So help me God, if one of you people gives Adam Page Corona, I'm, I, will, I will find you and I will, will stab you. fucking find you. Stab you in the face for giving one of the best wrestlers on the AEW roster the coronavirus. And then limiting him, limiting his ability to do cowboy shit. Yeah. Not going to be cool, man. Yeah. But um, he is fully stocked up on whiskey, hoping that the higher alcohol content will keep him safe from the coronavirus. Let's hope so. I hope so, too. Adam Page is a national treasure. Yeah. He's up there with Orange Cassidy and Nick Aldis. That he is. He's right up there. <laughs> so I think on that note, that should be our closing thing song this week. Adam Page's thing? What do you think about that? I thought we were doing women's themes this month. I mean, we can, but I kind of, I'm kind of feeling it. Kind of feeling some Adam Page. I'm kind of feeling some Adam Page. I mean, uh, we got a little Trish last week, so I, I think they missed for weeks. You, you want to hear another woman one? You, you can listen to that next week. <laughs> All right. Well, we're we're tapping out, and we will leave you with uh, the theme of the week with Hangman Adam Page. So uh, while you're listening, make sure you're doing some cowboy shit because. That's the only time you can. Cowboy shit and make sure you're drinking some whiskey. Yeah. yeah. All right, y'all. And that's, we're tapping out on another freshly outlandish episode of the Rooms Again Podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later, Marks. Later.